Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Please be advised that Gen X This Is Why contains adult language. Now let's review. This is Tom Cruise in 1986. In a naval uniform. Pretty sure he could get laid at the Lilith Fair. Hi and welcome to Gen X This Is Why, the podcast where we re-examine the sometimes bizarre and often scarring media from our shared childhood. My name is Amy and I'm a proud Gen Xer born in 1977. And I'm her sister Jenny, born in 1974. Today, we are continuing our series, Blockbusters, looking at 1986's Top Gun. Jenny? The description reads, Tom Cruise is superb as Maverick Mitchell, a young flyer who's out to become the best. And Kelly McGillis plays the instructor who teaches Maverick a few things you can't learn in a classroom. Jenny, can I ask you a question? (laughs) If you were going to have a call sign, what would it be? Uh, Hmm. Nerd? No. No. Dork. Yeah, Dork's pretty good. I like Dork. <laughs> Spinster. <laughs> maniac? I don't know. Somebody already took Cougar, so. Would you be the Maniac? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Wasn't Maverick? Wasn't that um, John McCain's nickname? Yes. Was it yes. actually his call sign or was it just a nickname? I think it was just a nickname. I think that was just a nickname. I think because... he got that from the Senate, right? Not yeah, he was reporter. a Maverick for daring to speak to the other right. side. I don't know <laughs> what, what's going on there. Okay. So uh, this was directed by Jerry Bruckheimer or produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Right. Who has gone on to do so many Top Gun or so many Tom Cruise things. Yes. Since then. So I thought this was interesting. Also, one bit of trivia before we start, Jenny. Guess who was considered for the role of Maverick? I don't know. But his asking price was too high. Get ready because this would have ruined the whole fucking thing. Wait, wait. It's got to be somebody totally annoying. Patrick Swayze? How dare you speak about <laughs> I thought you hated that him. way. John Travolta. Oh my god, that would have been such a oh. different movie. <laughs> and one more thing, Val Kilmer did not want to be in the movie. He was contractually obligated. You get that vibe, I feel like. I feel like you do get that vibe. <laughs> okay. Uh before the title, we see a black screen and an explanation of what Top Gun is. It's an elite school for the top 1% of the Navy's pilots, and its purpose is to teach the lost art of aerial combat and to ensure that a handful of men who graduated were the best. Notice I said handful of men. Of course it was. Who graduate were the best fighter pilots in the world. The Navy calls it Fighter Weapons School. The Flyers call it 
dun, 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 Top Gun. All right. Did you know that? I knew it was based on a real thing. I didn't mm-hmm. know the exact history of it. Yeah, I didn't really know. We open on an airstrip, and there's a bunch of fighter jets and people getting them ready to take off. And right away, we get some danger zone. Okay, so I will never think of this song the same way again. Without Archer. Without thinking of the of the show Archer, which if yep. you haven't caught Archer, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. It's amazing. My cat is named Sterling Archer. Yes. After, yes, codenamed after. Duchess. <laughs> but I can't think of danger zone without that reference I know. anymore. So then I did do a little post-it worth of research here that Kenny Loggins wrote the song for the soundtrack. Yeah, everyone knows And that. it was the best-selling soundtrack in 1986 and is still one of the best-selling soundtracks to this day. Get out, really? Yeah. yeah. It has yeah. no 50s music on it. It's weird. Okay, so we're in the Indian Ocean. It's modern day, which is 1986. And we have some action happening, and we learn there are two teams in the air. One is Maverick and Goose. The other's Cougar and Merlin. I'm going to call you Cougar, Jenny. <laughs> There's some confusion as the... Okay, I love how I'm trying to use this terminology. There's confusion as the bogeys are tormenting our men. <laughs> Cougar's freaking out. And Maverick is all rogue and being, well, a Maverick. Because let me tell you something, Jen. You probably don't know this. He's a Maverick. Yeah, you didn't get that. Well, did you catch the Star Trek moves in their cockpits? So they're like, I'll turn left. And then they like, like swing their body left. Like, you don't (laughs) have to do do that in a jet airplane. Yes, they do. But they're doing that like weird Star Trek thing. They actually (laughs) had them in flight simulators. (laughs) And Anthony Edwards is the only one who didn't throw up. Really? Yeah. I mean, those G's are, they've got to be killer. They're going to make you throw up. Yep. So Maverick does this thing, which will be, which will come into play later, where he like spins his plane upside down and gets real close to who I'm assuming is a Chinese aircraft. So I have an index card. We are literally 45 seconds into you this. You literally just asked the question. You see how this works. Like you, right. you're like, I'm assuming this is, I have the okay, index card telling you. All right. So who is the enemy they're fighting in, in the Indian ocean in 1986? Cause what's going on? So we know the cold war started in 1985 with the Soviet. The clue obviously is the MIG, which is a Russian aircraft. It's a Soviet aircraft, the MIG. Mm-hmm. Um, but the MIG 28 is actually a fake aircraft. Like for this movie, like that's not a real aircraft. Um, but it may have been based on the top secret, the then top secret MiG-29 Fulcrum, which was a Soviet plane. Um, based on the timing and the is the assumption is that they're Soviets, right? But the markings on the plane are not Soviet. The MiG has a red circle or a red star with a yellow circle. Soviets have a red star with a white circle. North Korea has a red star with a blue circle. Are there no artists in the military? Like seriously, everyone yeah, has the same star with different colors. Like you're, that's a nuance you don't want to have to figure out when you're flying no. by at 800 miles an hour. No. So China does use the yellow circle, but the location they chose, the Indian Ocean, is a place where neither China nor North Korea would be operating in reality. Hmm. The vagueness of the enemy in the final film was likely intentional, as not to piss off real world counterparts. So I guess they did this a lot. Unless you're not, unless you have Nazis as your enemy. It was kind of like this baggy, like it could have been 
Iranian. Right. It could have been. We can all Chinese. agree, even in 2020, that the Nazis were our enemies. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. they're they're like everyone should have at it. it they're back Nazis, but when it came to like actual states, mm-hmm. we kind of kept that big intentionally. All right, thanks, Jen. So we don't know who they are, really. Okay, so we've learned nothing. Mm-hmm. So Maverick turns his plane completely upside down, flips the pilot off, and the bogey leaves. Cougar's having a panic attack and isn't landing, even though they're running out of gas. Maverick saves saves the day. Okay. Back at base, Cougar visits an angry, sweating teacher. <laughs> or cigar smoking. I didn't know what he was. No, he's like, he's a, is a general, is admirals. In the yeah, Navy, he's right? something. Mm-hmm. And he quits. He said he just had a baby, can't do this anymore, blah, blah, blah. I, I, like, I just feel like he would, a trained pilot, like, at that level, would not have lost his shit over this little skirmish with, like, two planes. Oh, um, I don't know. I would have. These you are can the train top, and train and train and train the, the minute you're out there. Flyers in the Navy. Like, the, the fight at the end? Yeah, I get yeah. it. But yeah. this one? If, uh, All right. Whatever. Uh, add that to our list of feats. Jenny has to face <laughs> down an enemy aircraft. Did not have a panic attack. Like two bogeys and not have a panic attack. (laughs) All right. Uh, The same dude calls Maverick and Goose in and screams at them. And I wrote, everyone is sweating profusely. What's happening here? He reveals Maverick doesn't have a good family name. And I wrote, "Uh uh-oh, tragic backstory, tragic backstory. It's not not that tragic of a backstory. And also, like, what was the whole point of that whole story? Was it to to show us through the vehicle of Cougar character that this is really intense? That was it, right? That was all it was there to tell us. No, 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 no. It was to show us that Maverick is a Maverick. Okay, so we have Maverick and Maverick, and the job's really intense, and everyone quits it. He was going to land his plane. Maverick and Goose were going to land because they were done. Uh-huh. And they were running low on gas too, but yeah, he pulled that. up at the last minute yeah. to save Cougar because he's a maverick. To ironically go cover his wingman, which he's like he doesn't do for the rest of the movie yeah, and get right. in trouble for. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So the sweaty, angry, bald man reveals he's sending <laughs> Maverick and Goose to Miramar to Top Gun. Right. All right. So now they're going Top Gun. At Top Gun, we learn that fighter pilots have become dependent on missiles. That's a problem. They need to learn ACM, air combat maneuvering. I wrote God fighting, but it's dog fighting. Wow. Dog fighting. Wow. Which was, you know, like before missiles, before smart missiles, like that was the thing. Like in World War II, people dog fought over London like mad. Yes. We meet Viper, Tom Skerritt. I oh I he's like the bad isn't he like a bad dude and everything no he's the creepy dude from Poison Ivy mm. where Drew Barrymore seduces him and he's like that's not where I know him from I know him from somewhere else what else was he in oh I don't know a lot of stuff yeah he's like I had like bad feelings when I saw him <laughs> <laughs> like the principal from Ferris Bueller yes yes oh. I'm like oh bad shit's gonna happen okay. Turns out if you if you turn out to be the best at Top Gun, because everything has to be competition. Right. So the best people, like the people who win, can come back and be a Top Gun instructor. I feel like that's not that big a prize. Uh, you probably get paid a shitload of money to do not much. Yeah, it's so, government. it's not like a consulting job. Val Kilmer and uh, Tom Cruise are sweating and they keep looking at one Val, another now. Val Kilmer is smoking hot. I want to say something. Not into Val Kilmer. What? No, he's I'm too busy looking at Tom Cruise, which I knew was going to oh, fucking no, happen, no. and I want to 
killed no. myself over this. So I love that there are no points for second place. Like how Gen X is that? That is like oh, yeah. the antithesis to like what's going on with the generations. Oh, now. Yeah. They're like, yeah. you have to be number one or fuck you. Nothing matters. Right. <laughs> if it was today, it would be like, if you're number three, you get a TA position. Number four. <laughs> yeah. Um, so just so our audience is aware of this, I talked about this in one of our previous episodes. I'm not sure which one. I don't want to like Tom Cruise. Don't come at me. I know he's a piece of garbage. I know he's a weirdo Scientologist. I know that he doesn't see his kid. I understand all of this. But God damn, is he hot in no. 1986. Ugh. Okay. I don't like him. His eyes are too close together. It's weird. His eyes are fucking beautiful. Okay. Okay. All right. Later that night, the fighter pilots head out to a bar. Ugh. It's what Maverick calls a target-rich environment. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Like, there's so much of this garbage in this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Like, watching mm-hmm. it as an adult. Because, I don't know, I probably saw this when I was, like, 12 or something. Sure. That's sure. gross. Goose says, you live your life between your legs, Mav. Mm. Mav tells Goose not to worry that even he could get laid in a place like this. Now, let's review. This is Tom Cruise in 1986. In a naval uniform. Pretty sure he could get laid at the Lilith Fair. <laughs> like, what? like you're getting laid, dude. That you're might be the laid. only place that's a little challenging. <laughs> they spot Iceman. Goose explains he's the best because he flies ice cold. Oh, God. Okay. Whatever okay. the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to summarize these next couple scenes by saying there's a lot of dick measuring. Yes, there is. Yep. Yes. Maverick spots Kelly McGillis at the bar. And now we have the famous Righteous Brother scene where they put on She's Lost That Love and Feeling. They don't put it on, but they start to sing it to her. Yep. And I wrote, oh, oh, poor, naive, 20-something Amy would have eaten this right up. I totally went home with Tom Cruise. <laughs> no question. A hundred percent. Kelly McGinnis tells Mav to sit down and says, I've never seen that approach. How long have you two been doing this act? Since puberty? Because she's older than him, everyone. She introduces herself as Charlotte Blackwood, and I wrote, nope, she's Kelly McGinnis. I thought she said Carolyn Baskin. (laughs) (laughs) Carol Baskin. (laughs) (laughs) Who is is naming these people? Charlotte Blackwood. No. I'm like, how do I not even know? I forgot they called her Charlie. Because I'm like, how do I not remember her name at all? That doesn't seem familiar to me at all. She's Kelly McGinnis, who I'm sure I'll say Kelly McGillis. At some point. Oh, I totally call her that the whole time. Yep. So she's Kelly Mick. And then whatever <laughs> follows. She's McGillis? She's McGillis. Oh, see, I wrote McGinnis. No, she's McGillis. She's McGillis. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yes, she is McGillis. Um, can I just inject another post-it note worth of research here? Okay. There is a Top Gun 2. It's called Maverick. Yeah. Kelly never- McGillis is not in it. And she said, quote... I was not asked because I'm old and I'm fat. Wow. Yep. Wow. She's my hero. Wow. Uh, 1986 Kelly McGillis, not so much my hero. 2020 Kelly McGillis, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm with she's you. Part that was written, and we mm-hmm. get I get into that later. But I think she's like super attractive. She's beautiful. I'm not a. I feel like they all have don't have great teeth. Yeah, their teeth are yeah. all kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay, she blows him off when her dates arrives, and then she tells him 
he's a terrible singer. And I wrote her date looks like a 70 year old Chevy Chase. I mean, did they put her with the older guy to drive home that she's older? Cause the guy she's dating is like 25 years older than her. I don't know. I know <laughs> he looks like Chevy Chase too. Yeah, like I don't know what point they were trying. Cause like if she's supposed to be older than Tom Cruise, it's not by a lot. Like it's right. not. So right. I don't understand what they're trying. It's not like she's 20 years older than right. Her. She might be like five years older. Jenny, yeah. how old is she? God damn it. Pause. All right, we're back. Jenny, reveal. So um, Tom Cruise is 24 in this movie and Kelly McGillis is 29. So as we <laughs> predicted, she's like five years older. That than like old hag. Year. That yeah. old hag. Throw a pair of glasses she's on 30. her. She's going to die alone. She's not even 30. Oh, my God. Okay. Kelly McGillis gets up and walks into the ladies' room. And Tom Cruise follows her in there. Fucking creeper. I would have punched this guy wow. in the face. Creepy wow. Creepy fucking shit. She's conveniently just putting on lipstick. Like, imagine if she was pooping. Some guy follows you that you just met follows you into the laser room. You punch him in the face. Yeah. yeah. She blows him off. And then as she walks out, she says to Goose, your friend was magnificent. Last thing he needs is a new girl. Yeah. Yep. All right. The next day, the group is introduced to civilian specialists who are there to give them info on enemy aircraft. And first up is, you guessed it, Kelly McGillis. Astrophysicist. Mm -hmm. She has a PhD in astrophysicists. A PhD in astrophysics. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yep. And her call sign is Charlie. Wait, she's 29. She has a PhD in astrophysics. I mean, she probably just finished it. She's (laughs) one of those people. Okay. So bottom line, she makes a big deal about the MIG and how it can't fly upside down or something. And Tom Cruise is like, yes, it can. I've done this. And Tom Cruise in the ultimate moment of mansplaining to an astrophysicist physics says he did this. Yeah. And I wrote, he's super douchey Mm -hmm. and I teach freshmen and they act just like this. Well, and they're talking about security clearance because, like, he's like, that's classified. And she's like, I have top security clearance, which I'm sure she does. But does that entire room of people? Like, this yeah, is so stupid. It's weird. This is so stupid. I'm telling you, they act like my 17 and 18-year-old freshman. Yep. Okay, so after class, Kelly McGillis chases Maverick down the hallway and asks why he couldn't tell her that he was the famous MIG insulter. Oh, God. Ugh. Now the tables have flipped, Jen, and she's chasing him. That's it. That's it. Yep. Like yep. her big important role is over. She's a supporting character now. Yep. Yep. Next, we have some air combat exercises. Maverick does some crazy shit because Jen, he's a Maverick. <laughs> well, I like when Goose says, "Do some of that pilot shit." <laughs> <laughs> Goose is the unsung hero. Of the I, like, I like him. I like him. Mm-hmm. So Maverick does this thing where he asks for permission to buzz the tower and is told nobody does it anyway because Jen. He's a maverick. maverick. Mm-hmm. In the locker room, more talk of who won, who beat who, who's a dick, or whose dick is bigger, who's a small. Finally, Maverick calls Iceman out on his bullshit. And Iceman says, Maverick is everyone's problem. Because every time he goes up in the air, Jen, he's unsafe because he's a maverick. maverick. He says, I don't like you because you're dangerous. Yeah. That's it. Okay. That's it. A lot, of t- a lot of locker room scenes in this movie. Yeah, and, and I told Jenny, I told her last night, I said, now I remember why mom liked this so much. Well, now we know why mom liked this so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They loved it. Mom and our neighbor, yeah. who was a good girlfriend of hers, now we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. 
Maverick and Goose are called up to Viper's office. The top brass is angry about the flybys <laughs> on the tower. And Tom Skerritt's like yelling at them a little bit. They flew be- beneath the hard deck. Which is 10,000 feet. So they were doing this shit below 10,000 feet. That's, that is fucking dangerous. And basically they played a little dirty, right? They yeah. bent the rules. Like yeah. that's the, the crux of it. Okay. Maverick tries to explain himself, but Tom Skerritt ain't having it. Mm-hmm. He broke the rules of engagement, period. After it, Maverick, go ahead. It's all this cow, like this cowboy shit. Like the rules yeah. don't apply to me. I'm a badass. And someone says wild card. And again, I'll never think of the word wild card without it's always sunny. <laughs> I have that. So after Mav and Goose leave the office, one of the instructors says to Tom Skerritt, his fitness report says it all. He's a wild card. Jenny, <laughs> what could possibly be noticed, noted on a fitness report to indicate a wild card? I have no idea. Type D blood? I don't know. That makes like, no sense. What does that mean? He's part alien? It's a wild card. He was born with purple hair, a third nipple. Like, what makes him a wild card in his fitness report? Who were we talking about the other day that has a third nipple? Oh, I wasn't in on that conversation. Oh. <laughs> I was in that conversation with somebody about that. I don't know who it was. Hmm. Doesn't right. Chandler Bang yeah. have a third nipple? <laughs> Guess who it was. I think he does. <laughs> um, okay, so Tom Skerritt then reveals that he flew with Maverick's old man. Mm. Tortured past alert, yep. tortured yep. past Tragic alert. Backstory. Tragic mm-hmm. backstory. Later that night, Goose stops by Maverick's place and tells him he just hopes they can graduate. He has a family to look to look after, and he can't afford getting thrown out of Top Gun. He says, look, Mav, I know it's tough. They wouldn't let you into the academy because you're Duke Mitchell's kid, and you had to live with that reputation. Makes no every- sense. Every time we go up there, Mav, it's like you're flying against a ghost. And it makes me nervous. I okay. Mean, All right. I know it's tough, Maverick, to not be an asshole. I know it's super <laughs> hard to do for you. Don't follow chicks into the ladies' room. God. Maverick tells Goose he's the only family Maverick has, and he promises he won't let him down. Foreshadowing. The next day in the classroom, Mav's flirting with Kelly again. He's off her teacher. She she tells remember that video? Oh, that was bad. It was like porn, essentially. Like you would find that shit on you porn right now. It was if you bad. looked for hot for teacher, you would find that. Was that Van Halen? Van Halen, yeah. Yeah. Uh she tells him he's writing she tells him something he's writing down won't work because it's too aggressive. And he says, Too aggressive. Yeah, I guess when I see something I want, I go after it. Gross. Gross. He tells her, if the government trusts me, maybe you could. And she smiles and says it takes a lot more than fancy flying, but then she leaves him her number and address. Of course. Ugh. Yeah, because she is just there to prop him up now. Mm-hmm. That's her let's, let's Let's spend some time on the volleyball court with our, oh my with our God. people here, Ooh. shall we? Whew. Okay, one thing I will say is it was unclear whether it was hot or cold. Because the the clothes ranged from ripped t-shirts to shorts to full jeans to a bomber jacket. Yeah. So I was confused. So they're they're playing volleyball and it's clearly just a way for them to be shirtless. shirtless. Except for Anthony Edwards. No, what's a shirt on? Why? I don't know. Poor Anthony Edwards. I guess no one wanted to see that. (laughs) 
Um, they're all sweating. It's clearly hot, but then Maverick leaves the game and puts on a heavy bomber jacket. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, riding a motorcycle and you do need to have leather on in case you fly off the bike. Yeah. My question is how long does sunset last here? Cause he's leaving clearly the end of the day, right? He has to meet Kelly at five. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's clearly the end of the day. He's leaving. He goes to her house later when he comes out, still sunset. Oh, yeah. It's like okay. they, they fucked that up. I will say the volleyball scene, Tom Cruise looked good. He yeah. had on like a pair of, of messy hippie jeans. You know what I mean? Like just loose kind of jeans. I just hate him so much. And no shirt. I was into it. I liked, I noticed Iceman's partner. He was a tall drink of water. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that a cougar? No. Is it cougar or is it hot? Not Hollywood. It's the other one. Merlin? I don't know. Merlin, I think it is. Okay. All right, so as he's going to Kelly's house, we hear the famous song, You Take My Breath Away. Mm -hmm. Like, they tease us with it, Mm because we know this is their bang song, so they just tease (laughs) us a little bit with it. And that was written by Berlin, and it won the Academy Award and Golden Globe for the best original song in 1986. Probably best original song for a movie, right? I don't know. I don't think so. Is that a separate category? In, In... Another very aggressive move. Uh, <laughs> Kelly McGillis lets him in, and Maverick's like, I need to take a shower. Probably does. Probably reeks. Yeah, but who shows up at somebody's house on their first date and wants to take a shower? Well, that's exactly I have written here. Love it when a date shows up and needs a shower. Yeah, What's weird. Talk? You didn't plan very well here. She's like, no, I'm hungry, dude. We're eating. Oh. So over, over dinner, she just reveals she wants to talk to him about the MIG. He's the only pilot, Jen, who stood up against a MiG-28. Okay. She's up for promotion, and she wants to hear about it. Oh, boy. Is this foreplay? I guess. I guess. Later, Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay is playing. Probably the only good song in the movie. Although I did enjoy Danger Zone. I mean, come on. Who doesn't? Okay. Mav remembers his parents listening to this music. His mother would call down from her room and have him play it over and over again. Damage past, damage past. He reveals his mother died shortly after his father. And this is where he tells Kelly McGill's the story of his father. That he disappeared in an F4 in 1965. And quote, the stink of it was that he screwed up. But Mav says, no way. He was a great fighter pilot, but all of this is classified. So somebody knows, Jen. And, and Tom, well, and you, if she has top clearance. Mm-hmm. Do you think Tom Skerritt knows? Probably. I think he knows. I think we're going to see that soon. Okay. And I just, the only other note I have on this scene is somebody tweezed Tom Cruise's eyebrows. They're a mess, but I'm here for it. <laughs> Like, I don't like a well-manicured man. No, so. but tweet the stuff in between, the, the unibrow. Tweet yeah, he doesn't have unibrow. He has gorgeous eyes. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. The next day at work, they're stuck in an elevator together, and she she reveals she's interested in the Meg again. <laughs> like, she cannot. You are looking at 1986's Tom Cruise. And you want to talk about a fucking Meg? Well, then she kind of, but she kind of says like, "Ah, oh, but forget all that." Like she kind of, <laughs> yeah, she does say, but you know, yeah, whatever. She's also into him. And I have a question here for you, Jenny. If Tom Cruise was laying on the stick with you, would you be able to resist at twenty nine? Yes. Really? I don't like him. He's an asshole. 
Okay. Then who's your your tall brooding friend in the background? We're <laughs> in the uh, trench coat and writing pompous. angry poetry. Yeah, I don't want this pompous asshole. <laughs> Jen, you're not going to believe what happened the other day. You got another dog? <laughs> no, two's enough. I received an email from somebody at HBO about a BG's documentary that they are producing, and they want us. To tell our listeners about it. Wow. How'd they find us? Uh, maybe we have a little house on the prairie fan. Maybe I feel we like have a mole from I... HBO. <laughs> Who works at HBO? Were any of the BGs ever on Little House on the Prairie? I'm, I'm shocked they weren't. I'm shocked they weren't either. Anyway, you've heard their music, now hear their story. From director Frank Marshall, HBO's new documentary, The Bee Gees, How Can You Mend a Broken Heart? Oh my God, I love that song so much. Chronicles the highs and lows of brothers Barry, Maurice, and Robin Gibb and the evolution of their prolific careers, The Bee Gees. Jen, what would our band's name be if we were together? I mean, it's hard enough to work together on this podcast. I cannot imagine (laughs) touring with your siblings. Through interviews and never-before-seen footage, discover how the Bee Gees navigated the ever-changing music industry and complex dynamics of family and fame. Watch it Saturday, December 12th at 8 p.m. on HBO and HBO Max. If it's on HBO, it's going to be good. Oh, like they yeah. do, they do yeah. really good documentaries. So, what were we just going on the other day? That was we were on just HBO. talking about um, how grateful we were for HBO because we had to watch things <laughs> like Little House. <laughs> And then the Sopranos came along and like blew our world apart. (laughs) So I want all of our listeners too to keep watching and listening because we are going to be doing a giveaway tied in with this promotion where we're going to be giving away some Bee Gees merch. So stay tuned for that. You'll see it on all our social channels. Follow us at Gen X. This is why on Facebook, Instagram, and a little bit on Twitter. I feel like you almost forgot the name of our podcast there. Maybe I did. There was a weird pause. The next day, Goose's family arrives, and I yelled, oh, it's Meg Ryan. I forgot Meg Ryan was in this. I did, too. But later, I'm like, why is Meg Ryan, like, acting like a horrible actress? She's not. I know. It was good to see her, though. She's terrible in this, and she's a great actress, so what the fuck happened there? I know. I love her. Well, it's one of her first roles. (sighs) Right. Maybe it was a bad part. Yeah, it was probably a bad part. Uh, then we all see, okay, then we see all of the class in a darkened room discussing a particularly complex maneuver. I thought they were playing Space Invaders. <laughs> you know what? The technology looked exactly like Space Invaders. I think they're questioning something Maverick did, but I'm not sure. It's the MIG thing, isn't it? Or no, it's the thing they did the day before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maverick's like, you don't really have time to think when you're up there. You think you're dead. Okay. <laughs> it feels like counterintuitive there. I feel like that's think. I feel like that's the motto of many people in the world today. But like he, I don't want to think about things. And then uh Kelly McGillis kind of like checks him on that. Yeah, she's like, that's pretty reckless with the thirty million dollar plane. Val Kilmer is wearing his aviators the entire time. Yeah, he is. Takes them off and smirks. <laughs> With his frosted tips. I don't love the frosted tips, but I mean, they say everyone has 80s hair. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah. So they keep teasing us with the song again. A little bit of that. You take my breath breath away. Because after class, Jen, Maverick's pissed. Oh, the fragile ego. Mm-hmm. 
and he takes off on his bike and Kelly McGillis chases him. Literally chases him. I'm like, do not chase that man child. Do not she, do that. She chased him in a, from my consultant, I don't know. I have no idea. 58 Porsche Speedster, which the Porsche Speedster is also the car that Dylan McKay drove. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So she's flying through the streets, chasing him, and he's on a motorcycle. And I'm so disappointed in her right now. I know. She's literally running after him. He stops on the side of the road and screams at her that she's being reckless. Oh, my God. Okay. She reveals she's falling for him, and they make out on the side of the road, a busy road. So I guess this whole, like, I don't want to be seen dating my students or whatever, out the window. Mm -hmm. They go back to her house and bang. And they have the most boring sex ever. Yeah, they do. It's stupid. It's dumb. The next day, the guys are doing some training exercises, and their instructor announces, Jen, that Iceman is leading the competition for the trophy, but Mav is only two points behind. What are the points? What is the point system here? They get points for... Like taking somebody down with a missile, taking somebody down with taking a gun. Taking a bogey down, Jen? Taking a bogey down, yeah. Okay. So they earn points, but there's no points for second place. So Okay. So the guys are all nervous because Viper's flying up there with them. And in the exercise, Mav insists on abandoning his wingman position to chase after Viper. Because this is the battle of the egos. Oh, it totally is. The battle of the giant egos we are now winning. <laughs> He almost gets him, but someone else gets Mav. Wow, that sounds dirty. Someone else nails Mav from behind. <laughs> nice. Good writing this there. This took a turn. Good writing. <laughs> oh, I did write figuratively, of course. Okay. Viper's impressed with his flying. Everyone is, right up until the part where he got killed. <laughs> and Iceman, again, calls Maverick out for being reckless and dangerous and foolish because... He's a maverick. Mav is beating himself up and says he should have known better and it won't happen again. And Goose is like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Is this when uh, we're getting to the towel scene yet? Yeah, they're in towels. Okay, they're that's in what towels. I thought. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. How many towel scenes are there? Is that memorable for you, Jenny? No, I just feel like it, they just keep, like, it's just a landing place that we keep coming back to. Like, everyone's in a towel. Yes. And yep. how many dumbass things is Maverick going to do, apologize for, and then do again? Just FYI. Oh, 107. He's only 24. He's this got is, at least 10 years of that. This is what I mean. Like he's, you know this asshole. Everyone knows this asshole. Oh, I know this asshole. Yep. But I also know I would have gone home with that asshole. He is such, he's which such a makes showboat. Me, which brings up my self-loathing. No, I hate showboats. He's such a fucking showboat. I don't know if I would be attracted to him now, like 42-year-old Amy, but 24, 150%. I, I would have like given that... him a little more of a pass now, being 46, looking back on like, oh, he's 24. That's why he's an asshole. Yeah. But at the time, I would have hated him. I would have been in my little three-speed Geo Metro chasing him down on that bike. I would never have caught him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next day, they're in some bar, and Goose's family is there. Goose is playing Great Balls of Fire on the piano. Meg Ryan is slightly drunk and is rattling off the names of Maverick's conquests while Kelly McGillis is sitting right she, there. She just, this is just awful dialogue, awful acting. Yep. She yep. just she must have gotten really good after this or this. Uh, yeah. It's bad writing for her part. Yeah. Meg Ryan then tells Kelly that Maverick is a great guy and that he's in love with her. What? 
Oh my God. What? Who is this friend? Everyone has this friend too. This Meg oh. Ryan friend. God, he's not in love with her. And you're like, shut up, dumbass friend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she also says there's a million heart, hearts breaking around the world tonight because um, he's in love with her. Kelly McGillis doesn't look upset over this. She looks pretty happy. Mm-hmm. And they leave and she's on the back of the motorcycle with no helmet. Oh my God, well, it was the 80s. And they stop and gratuitously make out with a lot of sounds. Oh, that's right. I, uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I literally just watched this like 15 minutes ago. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Okay, Jen, here we go. Tone shift. You ready? What's the tone shift? Next day, they're heading back out for a flight exercise and we learn it's only two weeks away from graduation. It's the battle of the giant egos part two. Yes, it is. And Kenny Loggins is providing the music. Goose, Maverick, and Iceman are all going after the same bogey. Iceman is hesitating way too long on taking the shot and ends up having to pull up because he loses them. This causes Maverick and Goose to spin out and have to eject. And as they eject, Goose smashes into the top of the plane. I object. This was not Iceman's fault. It wasn't Iceman's fault. You applied that a little bit. Yeah, I did. You applied that a little bit. But that's the way they showed it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he, he... I'm going, uh, you had to hear me ask it to me. What's that top of the plane called? He's going the top of the plane. Like, I don't know. I feel like it's called the bubble. They're in the cockpit. So Goose bangs off of that and falls limp into the ocean. High impact. Because those those injections are probably high fucking impact. Yep. The Coast Guard saves them, but it's too late. Goose is dead, Jenny. Do you need a minute? No. Goose is dead. Okay. Later, Tom Skerritt comes in and tells Maverick Goose is dead. Then he gives Maverick a pep talk in which he says, this happens and it'll happen again. The first man dies, you die too, but there'll be others. You can count on it. Oh, that's uplifting. I mean, get used to it, but, you know, Goose died in the second battle of the giant egos and there'll be many, <laughs> many there'll other be battles. There'll be many more, many more. Mav's beating himself up and Kelly McGillis like tries to talk to him and she's like, I'll be here if you need me. I want to go back to what that dude was saying though about like everyone. He's like, we lost 10 men. You were in a war. Oh, in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Class. Yeah. Part of Tom Skerritt's thing is like when I was in Vietnam, I lost 10 of my 18 men. Yeah. But you were in a fucking war. These guys were flying around over the desert. Yeah. Uh, Little note here. Let me, let me scroll up to the top of my notes. A stunt pilot, Art Scholl, actually did die while filming this. Wow. He was 54, and his last words were, I have a problem, guys. I have a real problem. Oh, shit. His plane plunged into the Pacific, and his body has never been recovered. Wow. And the movie is dedicated to him. Holy shit. So, yeah, somebody really did die during this giant battle of egos. Mm Mm-hmm. Maverick gathers Goose's things and delivers them to Meg Ryan, and she hugs him and doesn't blame him. I would be furious. <laughs> I'd be stabbing him in the throat. Because you know, like, he, he has a reputation as a Maverick. Yeah, he's a Maverick. Don't be surprised when you get blamed for something like this. A panel acquits Maverick and says he's not at fault for the event. It was a technical issue. So there you go, Jenny. It wasn't Iceman's fault either. Well, Iceman wasn't even tried because they knew it wasn't his fault. <laughs> It's not. Iceman should be tried for other crimes. Because you know that dude is a fucking serial killer. His, his, uh, it's not his fault, but that's kind of ironic because like everything's his fault from like yeah. everything he right. does. Right. Disaster. Mm-hmm. But then someone actually dies and it's not his fault, ironically. Tom Skerritt tells the other dude to get Mav up flying soon. He needs to get back on the horse. 
Sundown is Maverick's new RIO. Do we know what that stands for? No. Pause. Okay, we're back. It's the radar intercept officer. There we go. A weapon system operator. Okay. Or officer. Okay. All right. So he has a new RIO and it's sundown. And I I don't either. It's it's really sad if you think about it. Sundowning is like when when you're dying. Right. Yeah. Uh Maverick is being cautious and Sundown is calling him out on it. And they have like a little fight and Tom Skerritt is concerned. He tells the instructors, keep sending him up. We need Maverick back to being back to doing the risky shit we wrote him about for two, for two weeks. <laughs> right. And like, there's no therapy. There's no support. No. There's not like no way, like just get no. him in the plane and get him moving. Like just go, go be that Maverick again that we were yelling at you <laughs> for six weeks about. I know. Iceman thaws a little bit and approaches Maverick in the locker room and tells him he's sorry about goose. And next, Jenny, we see a random character named Wolfman. Who was he calling? Was he I don't call- know. Was he calling Charlie? I think he calls Kelly McGillis, yeah. Okay, so was there something going on with them? Like, what's going on there? I don't know, but he calls someone and tells them Maverick just quit. Did he? Oh. I didn't know that. I, he didn't, like, he was just leaving the locker room. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Again, again, let me fix this. <laughs> Instead of introducing Wolfman... We don't you need have, to see. Tom, you have a scene where Tom Cruise walks into Viper's office and says, I'm done. I can't do it. Places his wing down, yeah. turn around, walk out, and then we'll know that Kelly McGillis will find this out. We don't need to see her find this out. Yeah, it was bad. There, solved without Wolfman involved. I just <laughs> saved you the $10,000 you paid that actor. So, like, when they Wolfman a scene, is that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. They had a random character just to tell I the guess. plot line along. Yep. <laughs> So next we see Kelly McGillis running around and she's looking for Maverick and she finds him at an airport bar. He's wearing, Jenny's wearing a Navy blue button down top and it's hot. I didn't even notice. Like him out of the Navy uniform is pretty good too. Okay. She calls him out on not saying goodbye. She got a promotion in Washington, but she would have said goodbye to him. Okay. She gives him a little pep talk and tells him she knows him and he won't be happy unless he's going Mach 2 with his hair on fire. Okay. I I just, I, she's just literally like, she has no character left. Like she was this badass astrophysicist and now she's just pathetically follows Tom Cruise around and boosts his ego. Yep. Yep. He says, if I wanted your help, I would have asked for him. And then she like chides him for being a quitter and leaves. (laughs) That's the end of that. (laughs) Next Maverick heads over to Tom Skerritt's house and, and Tom Skerritt tells Mav, I flew with your old man. And he tells him what happened to his old man. Turns out, Jenny, he didn't fuck up. He actually saved three planes and then died. Right. I don't know why this is classified. Yeah. Why is that such a secret? This is like 25 years after that war. I don't know why. And I did write here, Tom Skerritt's house is gorgeous. And it's right on the Pacific Ocean. Well, it's gorgeous, but I would never allow all that memorabilia. Like there's There's like 85,000 pictures of planes in their living room. Well, I feel like... I feel like that's very, like, military people do that a lot. Keep it contained somewhere, though. Like, you don't have to have it in every room. Have have a memorabilia room. Yeah, perfect. Yes. Okay. So then Tom Skerritt tells Tom Cruise he has two options, which are not equal. 
They're not equal, and this isn't even advice. I know. Show up and graduate because you've done it. You've gotten all the credits. Or quit. Well, and I have a question. You would still graduate if you have all the credits. Like, you don't have to show up and walk for graduation. You don't need to show up for the ceremony. So stupid. Tom Cruise then drives over to Kelly McGillis's house, which is already moved out and up for rent. Yeah, that was quick. That was quick. Would you do that in a day? It is literally always sunset on this whole, the scene of this movie. Like, is she packing like Danielson and his mother with just enough stuff in the car and that's it? I'm sure they're moving her. So they just probably pack her stuff and send it. I guess. Fine. At the graduation ceremony, Mav shows up late. Iceman has won the trophy, Jen. Of course he has. <laughs> there can only be one winner and it's Iceman. <laughs> Mav congratulates him. Tom Scared hands out their new orders and tells Maverick he'll get his new RIO when he arrives at his plane and says, if you don't let, if you don't let me know, I'll fly with you any day, which I guess is like the sign of respect. I guess this is harsh though. Like they're walking the graduation stage and like, here's your orders to like go to the Indian ocean on an aircraft carrier. That was quick. That was quick. They don't even get like a day off. That's like, um, you can imagine during Vietnam, like, Happy birthday! Here's your draft notice. Yeah, totally. Like, wow. Okay, well, it's I guess weird I'm going that like the whole because these guys are instructors at the school. It's weird that the whole crew of them are now on the aircraft carrier. Who's instructors at the school? Like the this dude. No, only Iceman would get. Oh, oh, I see what no, you're saying. No, like they're instructors for their class. Like the crazy guy with the cigar. The crazy guy with the cigar is not an instructor at Top Gun. He he was just the admiral on that yes. aircraft carrier? Yes. So now we're back there. But what's his name? Tom Skerritt? Yeah. He's on the Navy? Well, sure. why is he saying he'll fly with them? Well, I think he's saying, like, dude, I would, I would like, in other words, if you can't find anyone else to bang you, I'd bang you. You're hot <laughs> enough. That kind of thing. Okay. okay. Uh, 24 hours later on the Indian Ocean, they are getting a real mission. This is the real thing. Although in my notes, I wrote, this is the meal thing. The what? The meal thing. Why is it meal? I don't know. I just mistyped. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but they were already, they were literally already on this mission. And yes. like then went back to Top Gun. Yes. And now they're back again. Yep. The crazy sweaty bald dude is back. <laughs> Maverick is now paired with Merlin. So we don't know what happened to Sundown. <laughs> he was just part of the school thing, right? Maybe he did something else. I, I Maybe guess. He somewhere else. Jenny, do you know who played Merlin? No. Tim Robbins! Oh my god, how'd I miss yes. that? Tim Robbins! I didn't even notice that. Yep, I didn't either. I was looking up the cast. Oh, I love Tim Robbins. I'm like, Tim Robbins is in this? I mean, he was hot off Howard the Duck at this point, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Iceman tries to be a narc and questions whether Mav is the best to be out there. Because, like, when they send all these people up, they send Mav out. And well, he's, Iceman's he's like, uh, uh, should he be up there? He's Iceman's wingman, and Iceman's nervous about that, mm-hmm. which I don't blame him. Oh, God. Since he has a reputation of leaving his wingmen behind. Yes, he does. A plane gets shot down with Hollywood and Wolfman in it. Oh, there's Wolfman again. He's dead now. Okay. But, I mean, really, you could have put anybody in there. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Iceman is in trouble. Mav is riding cautiously and won't engage. Then he talks to Goose. (laughs) 
spiritual. He has a whole spiritual moment yes. while they're flying at. They said how fast they're flying. They said 800 knots. I don't know if that was a screw up or if the Navy uses knots as as airspeed, which would be weird, I think, because that's I don't like know. a speed thing. But they said 800 knots, which if that is true, that is 920 miles per hour. Wow. <laughs> so he's having a spiritual moment. You know, he's praying. He's praying. Yeah, he's like taking a chill at yep. 900 miles an hour. Goose tells him, be the maverick. Be That's the what, maverick. Wait, I, didn't, I miss Goose saying that. Oh, I? yeah, yeah, yeah. There was an extra scene, a deleted scene. <laughs> Goose appears on the windshield. Like, and like, is like crushed under the windshield or on, the windshield? <laughs> on top of it. Meg Ryan's over his shoulder and they're like, be the maverick. Be the maverick. Okay. So Tom Cruise reengages and guess what? He wins the day. Well, because he was having a spiritual moment while Iceman was getting his ass handed to him by like six bogeys. <laughs> and Ice but Iceman's like, the best, Jen. Can't he defend himself? He clearly didn't die with six bogeys on him, so he's doing okay. At the end, Mav buzzes the tower despite being told not to, so he's learned nothing. Well, the only thing I wrote about the, the rest of the scene was this is stressful for a Sunday afternoon. He's learned nothing, Jenny. He does the same shit at the end. I know. I know. Oh, wow. Okay. On the airstrip, Iceman tells Mav he's still dangerous, but he could be his wingman anytime. Well, remember landing on a aircraft carrier? What video game was that? Oh, oh, oh. You can see it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um You had to catch the little Wings? Like, was it wings? You had to catch the pilot little pilot wings? No, that's not it. I know that's not it. Uh, you were coming in and you had to catch that little wire. That's what, what are you saying? I don't know, but I know it's not pilot wing. Hold on. I'm looking this up. Pause. Okay, we're back. I pulled pilot wings out of my ass. Wow, that's a statement. Um, yeah, that hurt. I was hanging out with Tom Cruise at the bar and shit got weird. Um, Pilot Wings was a, a Super Nintendo game that you had to land on various things. Yeah, but that was not what I was thinking of. Right. It was a you, EcoVision Flight Simulator, I think. It was much older. You went way dorkier than me. graphics. Okay. Um. All right. So this battle apparently has gotten Maverick an assignment anywhere of his choosing. I don't know how that happened. He says he wants to be a Top Gun instructor, Jen. I thought that you had to win Top Gun. He did. He did not. He's not following the rules, Amy. He's a Maverick. <laughs> True. <laughs> Later, we see him in a bar and the Righteous Brother song comes on the jukebox and then Kelly McGillis shows up behind him and they make out. Because what, did she quit her job in Washington and come no, back? No, I to got Florida? the impression he was in Washington. No, he's in California. Because they, the, they show Flight Town USA hangar before they show him in the restaurant. Oh. He's back in California. Well, I mean, if you had the choice to live in Washington, D.C. or California. I mean, supposedly she has some amazing job. Did she just quit that job and go well, back? Well, if to- she's a Top Gun instructor still, she might be like higher up now. Oh, maybe she's doing she, both. She might have to come out and still do the school. Mm-hmm. So, like, she takes a bang trip and goes out and does Top Gun and comes back. <laughs> okay. So, that was the movie. What'd you think? It was it was good. It was not nearly as dramatic and exciting as I remember it being in the 80s. 
Yeah, and it's funny because, like, when you're pitching a book, like, you would say it's the Moby Dick of, you know, the hunting world. You would say it's the blah, blah, blah of the blah, blah, blah. I see Top Gun used a lot in that way. Like, it's the Top Gun of race cars. It's the, you know, like that formula of Top Gun where you have the elites go off and do some private training that's crazy. I just Um, think for, like, a, a... a military movie, it's boring compared to other military movies of this time. Well, I mean, I'm well, always bored battle. by I'm always bored by action scenes. What just bores me? I see. I love that kind of shit, but this is like it's there's too much like love story written into it, which makes it boring. So, where would you rank this? We've done Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. We've done Karate Kid. All right, yeah. We've done Howard the Duck, and now we've done Top Gun. And Heather's yeah. and Heather's. Where would you? What, what's your ranking? Um, Howard the Duck is number one. Oh, shut the hell up. <laughs> um, number one is Heather's. Definitely love that movie. Oh, I think Dirty Dancing and then Heather's oh, for me. Nope. Yeah. Okay. Dirty, Dirty Dancing. Come on. Dirty Dancing is a good movie. Uh, I think maybe. Period. Friday. End of sentence. I think Karate Kid might be second for me. What? (laughs) All right, we're moving on. (laughs) So you asked me the question, you just don't want any real I don't want to hear your stupid wrong answer. All right, okay. Okay. So at the end of every movie that we watch, Jenny and I will go back and see if there's a lesson or something we took from it or or something we came up with on our rewatch. That answers the question, Gen X, this is why. So, Jenny, what is your why? So, mine is uh, coming up with something that I determined on the rewatch. Okay. This is why women of our generation thought that taking a supporting role to your man is a perfect life goal, even if you're a goddamn astrophysicist badass. I, You're not wrong. I agree with you. We started off with her as, like, she was going to be this awesome character, and she's not. She's a prop, basically, in well, this whole thing. And you know the people who casted this were probably like, isn't it awesome that we're casting a woman in a power role? Yeah. Yep. But then what did 100%, they do A hundred percent. They gave her no agency. She's just following Tom Cruise around, propping up his ego, propping up his life. That's the whole, that's her whole job after she meets him, basically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was a little infuriating on a rewatch. I feel like we're just seeing a lot of that. Like it's, yeah. it's. You're really starting to see where all these gender roles come come from for us, for our generation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay, mine's mine's kind of similar, Jen. I'm it, not it was it was um it was also taken from my rewatch. I have a serious one and a less serious one. So the serious one is well, let me start with the less serious. God, are we this is why I cannot help but love Tom Cruise. Come oh, on, no. it's not even fair. No, it's come not on. even fair to put him in this movie. <sighs> Okay, got that out of the way. The more serious why is this is why I feel bad for boys. Like I feel really bad for men. Wow. I turned I, didn't I turned, see that coming. I know. I turned to Timmy at one point while I was watching this and I asked him what it was like to grow up during this time. And I asked him if he honestly felt that he had to be tough all the time. Oh yeah. And he said yes. Yeah. He said yes. And almost all the movies we've watched from this time period have an enormous overarching theme of toxic masculinity. I mean, we know it's there. Yep. But seeing these movies, 
Okay, I wrote, we knew it existed, I knew it existed, certainly, but to see it telegraphed so heavily is really alarming. I think one of two things has happened. Either we've made some progress on that front, or both things could be true. We made some progress on that front, or Hollywood is getting better at hiding it. Yeah, true. Or there's, you know. It's not so blatant. Yeah, it's not so. This is really blatant. Like these guys are just dick measuring the entire time. Yeah, literally almost. Yeah, it's really crazy. And we see some of that in Karate Kid too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this just, da, da, da. like these guys are so angry yeah. and they're just like, you know, you have to be aggressive and you have to beat the, and it just makes me feel really bad for boys. So what's the Gen Z version? Cause we were talking about like, we should watch Cobra Kai Cause that's like the Gen Z retelling basically of Karate Kid. Like how, yeah. how have they done it better? Right. Right. Like how have they made, how have they've solved some of these problems? Yeah. Is it, what is the top gun Gen Z movie? <laughs> is there one? I don't know. I don't Could know. it be fast and furious or is that millennials? Uh, that's more millennials, I think. Yeah. But that, oh. that's kind of, that's kind of similar. Yeah. But it's not the military. Like, I like I'd like that's be interested to see what the role of women is in, in a an, movie like this. Yeah. Currently. I'll have to ask the girls. Are there any movies where fi- fighter pilots are acting like dick bags in a locker room <laughs> that you're watching? <laughs> see what they say. Do they know what Top Gun is? Probably not. No. No. Is but I just... You know, I read something. So Jenny and I in our regular uh, show are doing Little House on the Prairie. We've been doing it. So if you were a Little House on the Prairie fan, uh, go ahead and check those episodes out. But I read something. This woman wrote an essay and it was about how, and I, I may have talked about this before, how she thought that it was upsetting for her daughters to see Paul Ingalls as this perfect idyllic man who's like so tough and pioneer and can do anything. But then she realized like it's setting an impossible standard for her son. Yeah. To see that. And like, we don't think about that a lot, like because we're women and we're so oppressed with that stuff, we don't think about how it also affects boys. Yeah. Like Timmy's just not like that. Like my husband, Timmy is kind of soft spoken and he's sensitive and right. Like he's so I would, I can imagine how difficult that must have been for him and boys like him growing up in this world where you're just receiving these messages of, and women get their own, we get our right. own message. We have our own impossible yes. stereotype. But like they're also getting this message of, you have to be strong. You have to be tough. You have to be the best. You have to be this. You, have yeah. to, you know, like it's, I, and I we, yeah, and we have like impossible body standards and like, yes, a hundred percent. I wonder, like, thinking about Little House now, though, you know what we have to look for is, do they show any kind of thing with Pa, like, as fallible? Like, do they show him doing anything wrong or bad ever? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. And that was this woman's... Right, that was this woman's whole point. We should be on the lookout for that now. Like, she said she really felt for her son and her husband because he's just an impossible standard. And, you know, I've talked about before how... He's an impossible standard for women. And many women in our generation are chasing that golden unicorn. You're not going <laughs> to find that, dude. Yeah. You're not going to find him. Right. You're not going to find him. And it is an impossible standard to set. So I, I just, I don't know. It bothered me. It really, you know. Well, and also I think a thing of the 80s and 90s and 70s, 
was like, you know, we talked about this before, like the bucket you're in. Yes. But there's also like, you can't be this and that, right? Like you either have to be Iceman who follows the rules to a T and it's like Mr. Like rule follower and Maverick who is like completely never follows the rules. Like there's no nuance yeah. Yeah. on, on personality. Or it's goose. Not like you're sometimes this or you're sometimes this. Or goose, like the supportive friend who can't even take his shirt off in a volleyball scene because yeah. he's too nerdy or something like that. Yeah. It's like it's just ridiculous. people are more complex than that. Like it's just, yeah. they yeah. showed us such these flat characters all the time. Yeah. All right. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Hey everyone. We're coming at you a little bit later. We've um, already recorded and edited our Top Gun episode. But we have some amazing news. (laughs) As you may recall, in the episode, Jenny and I really struggled with finding the name of a video game. I even pulled pilot wings out of my ass. Yeah, I'm I'm going, it's a video game where you land on an aircraft carrier. And I Mm -hmm. totally can see it in my mind, but I don't know what it's called. So I'm telling Timmy, my husband, this story. And he goes, do you mean Top Gun the video game? (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. That's exactly what I mean. Literally, it was called Top Gun, and mm-hmm. I couldn't remember that. And we didn't even think to check that. It's we exactly didn't even the think. game. We it's- didn't even we forgot it existed. To be fair, but literally the whole game is like flying around and then landing on the aircraft carrier, which mm-hmm. is the whole movie of Top Gun is like the mm-hmm. aircraft carrier thing. <laughs> All right, everybody. So thank you, and we'll see you soon. Hi, everyone. Amy here. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you like what you hear, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really helps us to grow the podcast. If you'd like to support us, please consider joining our Patreon feed, patreon.com slash why. We're also on Facebook, and we have a Facebook group called the Mimi Bees, M-E-M-E-B. You can find this and all other information, including an email address for contact, at www.genxthisisy.com. Thanks so much, and thanks for listening. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.